Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Key Studios. Halfway home on this Friday evening with you. All right, 404 726-0929. Asking you the question, we're opening up the phone lines here. How confident are you that Ebba Katie can get it done? So, listen, I've talked a lot about this because I do think that he is that key piece as far as getting our defense to be where we want it to be. And you guys know how I feel about sacks, right? I mean, I've made no bones about it. And I've given you every stat and every number and every metric and everything like that to show you the importance of sacks in today's NFL. Maybe they weren't as important in 1984. Maybe they weren't as important in 1971. But in today's NFL, you have to be able to sack the quarterback. And everything trends towards sacking the quarterback defensively. I don't care about your run defense. I don't care about your pass defense. Everything trends towards sacking the quarterback. Why? Because guys are throwing it 700 times in a season nowadays. You're seeing, it's not even so much that, you know, you're seeing all the yardage and touchdown marks, but you're seeing the attempts numbers. You know, teams are, Teams are going with, the, you know, higher and higher amounts of attempts of throws per game. And so having a, a guy coming off the edge, a fire breather off the edge, if you will, you've got to have guys like that. And we talked to D-Led about this not too long ago where he had talked about the idea of he's looking at Arnold Ebicady and talked about having a target on his back, Right because he's a second-round pick. And our second-round picks, historically, over the last, I don't know, couple of decades, they've been some hits. They've been some real swings and misses. They've been some guys who have done some good things for us. They've been some guys that have done zilch for us. And so we've got to get something out of them. And when you're a high-caliber draft pick like that, you have to contribute at some point. Because, by the way, you know, if we don't have, if we don't have those kinds of guys, we're not going to get to where we need to be. You're not going to rely on a committee of people to, you know, seven, eight people to get you five, six sacks. That's not going to happen in the NFL. It's not going to be like that. You need a couple of guys who get you double-digit sacks. The, the real teams that get after the quarterback 
they have one or two of those guys that get it. They have Joey Bosa and Eric Armstead. They have Javon Hargrave and um, uh, oh gosh, my brain just went dead. Who's the other kid? The uh, the other defensive lineman for um, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. My brain just went dead. But they have multiples of those guys. In the old days, it was Clowney and Watt coming off the edge for the you know Texans, right? You you, you know here recently, Miles Garrett and uh, Jadavion Clowney having two of those kinds of guys coming off the edge. You have to have that in today's NFL if you're going to influence the game. And so I think Ebicady can do it. Now, do I think he's a 12-15 sack kind of guy? No. But I think if you tell me that he could be he could be a double-digit sack guy, I could buy that. I could buy 9, 10, maybe 11 sacks. Probably not that 12, 15, 16 kind of number, but eight to 10 sacks, I think, is where he could live in that range. And frankly, if we had a guy that put up three years in a row of eight to 10 sacks, I'd have parades down Peachtree Street. Give me one of those kinds of guys. So 404-726-0929, how confident are you, how confident are you that Arnold Ebicady can get it done coming off the edge? Let's go to Kareem out in East Atlanta. What's going on, Kareem? Hey, Chuckery, how you doing, my brother? Good, man. What's going on, buddy? Hey, man, everything is everything. I, I, I love the topic you got going on, man. Here, Here's where I am with AK-47. I got a 50-50 shot on him, and here's why, Chuckery. My, I want to see who's developing him from the defensive end standpoint. I know that Coach Nielsen, he's an interior line guy, mm-hmm. right? But who's helping him develop from that outside pass rusher? But where I have confidence is my brothers that are from West Africa, they originally are soccer players. Therefore, they have good feet work. So I know his footwork is there. Right, it's just right. developing him to know how to get skinny, get the moves that it's gonna take to get around that tackle, or you know what I mean? Is his strength there to bulldoze, and and is he gonna be able to, to develop the 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 other fundamentals it's gonna take to become that bona fide edge rusher? Well, right? Kar- I just think Kareem, with, uh, let me ahead, Chuck. let me say this. So um, you asked, where's the guy that's developing him? That guy's up in Baltimore coaching their defensive ends. You know who that is? Big Chuck Smith. Yeah. We should have been yeah. at him on staff. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's up in the, – the guy that should be coaching these guys, he's up in Baltimore. He's not yeah. with our organization, even though he played for, you know, a decade plus with our organization. He's not with it's, us. It's, exactly, man. I, I, not even get off topic. That's just like almost like Kirby, who's doing a great job over at Athens, not giving Hines Ward a job. Hines want to be on the staff. Yeah. But I digress. Yes, Big Chuck Smith needs to be on the staff, and he needs to be developing our uh, pass rushers, uh, AK-47 and D'Angelo. What's the boy name? D'Angelo Rush. D'Angelo Malone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Malone, Pre- yeah. Yep. So Appreciate that's the phone why call, I met man. with a Chucker. No problem. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think that part of why we don't have those guys is the fact that we haven't developed our players. 
that that we look. Say what you will about about Dan Quinn, okay? I think Dan Quinn's a good defensive coach. I don't think Dan Quinn's a great defensive coach. I think if you give him the if, uh, look, if you give him the Legion of Boom or Micah Parsons, he looks like a hell of a defensive coach, right? He looks like a hell of a defensive coordinator. If you have those kinds of guys, for God's sakes, running around, I mean, I could coach those. I could coach Micah Parsons. Hey, Micah, you see that guy standing in her center? Go eat his head. Go take a bite out of his neck and chew it. I, I could coach those kinds of guys. You know, and by the way, Gus Bradley had that defense before Dan Quinn did, you know, and Gus Bradley was all the rage, right, until he got a head coaching gig, and then Gus Bradley was like, uh, is this the guy we really want? Is this the guy that we really want, you know, coaching the team? But be that as it may, you know, I, I don't think that we've had – look, I love Jerry Gray because I know Jerry Gray is not just a good defensive, you know, former defense coordinator and all that, but Jerry Gray – has worked with top-flight talent at the cornerback position. You know, he's worked with guys that are high-caliber impact types of players at the cornerbacks, cornerbacks and safeties. I need a Jerry Gray for our defensive line, guys. I need a Jerry Gray for our defensive edge. Now, I do really like what Ryan Nielsen brings, and his M.O. is, I know it's a lot of interior, but... You know, the Cam Jordans and even Caden Ellis and guys like that, they thrived under Ryan Nielsen and, and the tutelage that he gave them. I, I'm hoping the same thing happens here in Atlanta. I certainly think that Grady and Calais and Taquan Graham, I think those guys will all benefit greatly. Now let's see if we can get that edge type of player to come off and get after the quarterback. And if nothing else to at least solidify one side of that defensive line, right? To at least, if nothing else, give us a starting point, even if some guys have to be rotational players. Calais Campbell, Lorenzo Carter, whatever that rotation of guys is, uh, you know, the Caden Ellis's of the world. I mean, whoever at that point. You know, we'll see. I mean, d thinks that Bud Dupree could be a guy that gets cut. I don't know. I mean, would they bring him in that quickly and then, you know, go out and cut him? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they I don't know if they would did cut him. I mean, look, if he if he doesn't fit and he's not part of the rotation, then yeah. But we've got to find somebody at some point. We we have to, you know, if we're not gonna invest the kind of capital that we need to, then we've got to develop somebody. Somebody's gotta develop and get a lot better in all of this. And I'm hoping that Ebicady has that real step up season. If I could, if I know Desmond Ritter is going to be a good quarterback, he may not be great, he may not be MVP level and things like that. I don't need him to be that. But what I do need is Ebicady to take that big step forward, to take that big leap forward. Take that as a second round pick, take that big leap and, and go get after the quarterback. And Hopefully, you know, again, that that happens this year. And certainly, I, I didn't think that the Falcons did him. I, I don't want to say, like, I don't think the Falcons did him a lot of favors because starting him only one game last year, when I think he showed signs that he was our better option on the outside, eh, I, you know, I've got my questions about that. But, you know, they don't tend to start their rookies on defense all that drastically. 
They don't tend to start guys on the defensive side of the football. They don't give the, you know, Richie Grants and Arnold Ebicades tons and tons and tons of work out there. Even that's probably what they need to get better. They slow work those guys in. Maybe Ryan Nielsen will have a different philosophy about this. Maybe he comes at it from a different approach. Because we know the results that he had. We know, again, Kay Nellis had a really good year last year. David Onyemata is a really good player. Cam Jordan is an elite defensive end, right? Like, we need to draft one of those guys. The league is full of those guys. They're full, it, It's Bosa, and it's Watt, and it's Miles Garrett, and it's this guy, and that guy, and it's Khalil Mack, and the other Bosa brother, and this guy, and all. I mean, why don't we have one of those guys? Why don't we have some of those guys? Why, why aren't those guys on our team that go out there and just mash it all day night and, you know, put all kinds of pressure on quarterbacks and things like that? Why don't we have one of those those kinds of guys, those fire breathers that come off the edge and get after Chris Jones and guys like that? Like, you know, again, Eric Armstead, you know. I mean, why don't, you know, uh, Bunk, Bunkner, right, you know, from Indianapolis now. He was with the 49ers and – and now he's with, now he's with the um, uh, Indianapolis Colts. Like we need some of those kinds of guys, some of those guys that get after it on defense. I don't mean safeties and corners and things like that. I mean guys who come off the line of scrimmage and get after it. So um, I'm confident that Ebicady can get it done. I think he can be an eight to ten sack guy when all is said and done. We'll see what happens though. Um, this is a big year for Ebicady. I'm not saying his career is over if. He doesn't take that big step forward, but if we're going to get where we need to be, then he's got to be the guy on defense that steps it up for this team, and he gets after the quarterback consistently. All right, when uh, we come back, it'll be time for That's Life, a uh, end of an era, plus our top ten as well. Chuck Rinakia Studios, Sports Radio, 92 on the game, Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at it on the John Chuckery Show. 921 live from the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. 
That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. The Odyssey app is how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, at the D. Lewis for real. I am at JMCH316. Well, Day Day, it's been the end of an era. As, um, you know, I don't know if you saw the pictures or not, but um, um, hundreds of people were gathering at CNN uh, because, you know, CNN Center is closing down. Yeah, right? I, you know, I forgot about that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's probably because I, during the regular season or towards the end of the regular season, I went to a Hawks game, and, you know, you can cut through there. Right. So I think I kind of forgot that they had made that announcement. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess more than 500 people were in attendance uh, here just kind of celebrating uh, the, the end of the run for CNN. 35 years, and uh, I guess they're going to new digs, right, uh, over there at um, – uh, they have their own campus over there on Techwood, right? Uh, yeah, that where that's going? is that. I I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but yeah, they do have that whole campus over there. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, they're they're they. Now, is the hotel still staying there at the the like, the the the, um, the, the, the old Omni? Omni, yes, the, um, the old Omni. I would hotel. assume it would. Um, and aren't there like? Is McCormick and Schmidt still there? Yeah, all the restaurants. They got the food court. So I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I wonder and, what's going to happen. And wasn't it wasn't Dantana's that was still in there, was it? I don't think Dantana's is in there. It used to be. I right. think they turned that into a different restaurant. There okay. was a, the Taco Mac's not in there no more either, right. I don't believe. Um, so, yeah, what I don't was, know what they're going to do the with old, all that space. What was, the, what was the restaurant that was in there before? Dantana's in the in the well they had uh did they not have a oh gosh what was the place owned by um Craig Sager and um Doc Rivers um that sports bar um they had one here on 10th and Peachtree had one in Brookhaven oh the Jocks and Jills Jocks and Jills was there a Jocks and Jills in there at one oh time? you know what I feel like there was yeah I think in the I, I think, think in there the mid 90s there was a Jocks and Jills yeah because there was a movie theater in there too yes Yes. Used to be a movie theater in there. Yes. So, uh, didn't they have a gym in there as well? I don't remember the gym, but there used to be a radio station in there. Well, yeah, 680. So, the original 680 was in, WCNN was in that building, and you could watch watch them broadcast from the atrium. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they would, their studios were in that atrium area, and... It was all glass walls and things like that. Yeah, and before that, it was before it was the 680. Before 680 used it, Kiss used to be in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did not know that. Because yep, yep. when I moved when I moved here in '93, that's where 680 was mm-hmm. headquartered at, right? Yeah. So they they were that was Max and Morgan in middays. That was Randy Cross and Randy Blake. Yeah. Um, and Harmon Wages didn't last very long because you know hormone wages. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, and then. Um, uh, Bo and AJ, Bo Bach and AJ Cannon were were in there. Um, that was the original afternoon. At least when I moved here in '93, that was the afternoon show. Gotcha. So. Yeah, I um, because I went to Morris Brown. I got here in '92, uh-huh. so we'd walk to the movie theater that was in Cena because it was the closest one. Um, and you know, so Morris. what's going to happen to the building? I'm actually googling that right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just curious. I mean, what? I don't. I don't. I don't really know what's going to happen with the CNN building. I would assume that they'll keep the hotel open is the omni hotel what it once was like you know the omni hotel at one time was 
almost like a touristy kind of place to stay because of CNN and everything like that. But I don't know that the Omni Hotel is... Well, it might be because of the conventions and things that still take place in the uh, But you know, the, the funny Congress thing Center. is, I mean, we, we talked about this. Atlanta's not nearly the convention city that it used to be. I mean, in the 80s and early 90s, like, Atlanta was the hot place to be for conventions in the United States. And the Georgia World Congress Center was built for all that because they were having so many conventions here. And to be honest with you, that was one of the things that kept the strip club business so prominent was all the conventioneers yeah. that were coming from out of town. Any idea what the building is going to be? No, all the articles I'm finding right now are the old ones from when the announcement was first made back in January. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's crazy to think that, you know, again, it's, it, it is one of the the symbols of Atlanta, right? Like, you know, the CNN building is one of the symbols of Atlanta. It may not be for a lot of modern-day people, but certainly for old-school folks like us, it, uh, it is. All right. Um, so here we have another person, Day-Day. This is from, um, let's see, this was in, um, this is another tourist. And, and you can watch this video of another tourist who is going right up next to a uh, live bison. So there's a live bison laying on the ground near, like, this creek, okay? And they're a visitor. This, this person's a visitor to Yellowstone National Park, and literally this person is right on top of this bison and taking selfies with it. Wow. So there's a young woman taking an off-road selfie just inches from a live bison. Can I tell you, I wouldn't mind seeing that gore. I wouldn't mind seeing it, it gore gore her. Sorry, I, I don't really care if, if you, you get offended by that. But at some point, the stupid people have to be stopped, right? We have to stop these people. So, uh, again, another person who just is sort of a dum-dum uh, in all of this. All right, how about this story, Day-Day? Okay. Here's the headline. Sonic manager punched, body slammed, hospitalized over a wrong order. A Sonic manager, you know, the Sonic Burger place. Yep. Sonic manager in Oklahoma has been hospitalized after being attacked over a hot dog with jalapenos. Tulsa police said on May 27th, four people arrived at the fast food restaurant to order jalapeno poppers and a hot dog at the drive-thru. However, the group became upset after receiving a hot dog with jalapenos on it. One of the group members... Uh, Quintarius Simmons started arguing with the employees, and that was when the manager stepped in, according to police. Police said Simmons tried to enter the part of the restaurant that is closed to the public, and the manager tried to stop him. Police said Simmons dragged the man outside, punched him repeatedly, and then body slammed him to the ground before repeatedly punching him again. Uh, they said that... Um, uh, that was when Andres Bree Briscoe, who arrived with Simmons, joined the fight after still being upset at the order. Police said Briscoe threw punches but ended up hitting Simmons more than she hit the uh, manager. So it was a guy and a girl. People are losing, flipping their lids. Over a jalapeno hot dog. You know what, but I will say this. Um, because, you know, I DoorDash for extra cash right in there, right? And I will say this. Um, I think part of these stories that we hear is 
there's probably some some serious attitude from some of these employees that that makes things escalate. Put it that way, because yeah. when I pick up some orders, I, I see some very like just unnecessary attitudes. Right. So I guarantee we're not hearing the other side of the, of this. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I agree to some point. I mean, look, when you're getting paid, probably. I don't know, 12, whatever, 10, 12 dollars yeah, an hour. I maybe, mean, yeah. you know how much, how much, how much crap you're going to put up with? Yeah, right. I mean, there, there is a, there is a give and take. I mean, listen, this is not going to sound nice, but somebody needs to make the French fries. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. somebody needs to make the French fries, and I got no. My thing is, if you're working, I don't care if you're man, woman, whatever. If you're working and making a living, good for you. Yeah. I mean, listen, do whatever. I, mean, I don't care what somebody's job or profession is. Go out and make a living. Go out and go out and earn some wages. Look, I work three jobs. Right. Right. Because yeah. I've got to pay for, you know, some of the lifestyle that I have and things like that. Not, right. not necessarily by choice and things like that, but just, you know, to be able to afford all of the things that I get myself into, you know, whether, you know, be, be, well, whatever. Um, but. <laughs> So I mean, you know, we we everybody has to do what they have to yeah, do. Yeah, one hundred percent. And so again, I can understand some of these people that are, you know, putting up with a lot of you know nonsense from customers. Because again, well, we'll, we'll get into the Clark Howard discussion at some point. Because again, I think I think people like that have poisoned the relationship between consumer and uh, you know the 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 consumers and what, what I want to say the the. You know, the businesses, I mean, that, that, you know, they, if you think that the customer is always right, I'll show you, I'll show you plenty of bankrupt people that think the customer is always right. And, and that's a nice theory to have, right? but they will take advantage of everything that you have to offer and they'll bleed you dry. And again, it's not up to them. I mean, they don't, they don't care about all of that kind of stuff. They just want whatever they're, you know, trying to get their burger or their this or that or whatever like that. So Anyway, that, that's a whole separate discussion yeah, out is. there. But, yeah, it is. But again, even if you have attitude, body slamming the guy, punch, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. So with that, tonight's top ten list. Our top ten favorite TV channels um, currently, I guess, or all time, whatever you want to do with it. T- favorite top ten TV channels. They did the floor is yours. All right. I'll say all time for my list. Um, because now it's all about apps, right? <laughs> so not a whole lot of regular TV channel watching. But, um, of course, CNN is at the top of the list because of, you know, I just thought, I always thought CNN was, um, you know, just the upper upper echelon of news networks. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, going to school right down the street from it, it just, you know, that was just fascinating to me. Uh, TNT, for the longest time, was one of my favorite networks. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, of course, back in the uh, the WCW days, uh, Fox, Fo- uh, Fox, the Fox Network, not the necessarily local Fox Five, but the Fox Network um, has always been a longstanding. I mean, they've had great sitcoms over the years from, you know, from when they started with The Simpsons to when they had uh, right. In Living Color and just all yeah, the, all, you know, all the various sitcoms they've had over the years. Of course, ESPN for my sports. Uh, ABC, I think ABC probably Lifetime has probably been my favorite network. You know, again, a lot of great sitcoms on there growing up. 
Um, NBC, I, I like them for sports. Um, I, I feel like their sports um, programming is pretty good. Uh, USA for a long time was a, a favorite of mine from the, uh, you know, WWE days to yeah. the, uh, I mean, you I, know. I mean, that's the, the, the whole reason I watch, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless there's an occasional Marvel movie. Right. But the only reason I watch USA Network for my whole life has been the WWE. Yeah. I mean, was, they, they've, they've been a part of. I mean, even back in the days before Raw, yeah, you know they they were having um, what was the Tuesday night Tuesday night Titans and yep. and they had Gorilla and Bobby Heenan yep. with the um, oh my gosh, um, what was the show called? Oh, see, this is what happens when my brain gets fried. <laughs> but, but again, I mean, I was watching USA Network back then. Yeah, and for me, one of the big things that they used to do, uh, and TNT had it at a while too, but uh, they both used to do the. Um, uh, my show, Law and Order, the original, you know, some oh, of the yeah. uh, original Law and I mean, Orders. That's all they play on USA. Yeah. So, and I'm, I was, I don't watch it's like it anymore. Hours a day yeah, but I would literally watch just Law and Order all day. Um, and then some of my cable favorites are HBO, HBO Max, Stars, and Showtime. All right. Um, my honorable mention is NFL Network. Okay. And. I'm I'm not I'm a big Falcons fan, mm-hmm. but I I'm I'm not as big of an NFL fan. Just like I don't care what the Green Bay Packers are doing. Right. I don't, I don't I'm not interested in getting deep into what the Green Bay Packers do, but I I do get into the Atlanta Falcons. So my uh, my list TNT obviously mm-hmm. USA Network mm-hmm. FX. I watch a lot of FX. Oh, you know I forgot about FX. I, I, I watch FX a lot is of pretty FX. good. Yeah, they got because some good they, shows. They, because again they. They, they have good shows, but they also, more than anything, I mean, I watch those for the movie, like the, especially like yeah. the Marvel movies. When and they show, yeah. Like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, SEC Network. Okay. Um, Sci-Fi Channel. I used to watch Sci-Fi Channel. Not, yeah. Uh, Paramount. Uh, by the I way, the watch, WWE was on Sci-Fi Channel for a while. It sure was. They, they, it they, sure we, was. When they, when they moved. When they left USA, right? Yes. Yep. And, then, and then they were also on Country News. You know, it sure was. Country yep. News Network for yep. CNN. Not, not well... Yeah, SmackDown was on one and WWE was yeah, on the well, other. The, the or original something SmackDown like that. was on UPN. Right. That, that's originally where yep. SmackDown was. Um, I'm still a big fan of PBS, and okay, I I, I love a lot of their doc. Like I love the Ken Burns stuff, mm-hmm. um, and, and a lot of his documentaries and things like that. Yep. Um, when they used to have Austin City Limits, mm-hmm. um, that was one of my favorite shows. I mean, just some great concerts on there. Um, ESPN obviously as well. Um, AMC. Um, oh, because yeah, that was, yeah. you know, um, I watch a lot of movies, but also that was The Walking Dead, which is really the yeah. only TV show that I've watched for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Right. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Bally Sports, just because Braves, Braves Hawks, Hawks, United. Yep. I mean, so just, you know, watching all of them. So yep. And, and well, look, there are friends and, and colleagues and people that we know and yeah. stuff like that that are on those broadcasts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So good to see all of them doing well whether it doesn't matter if it's united what have you you know hawks whatever like that so all right uh hit us up with your list as well when we come back kurt helan joined us earlier in the program talking some nba talk some finals talk some hawks a lot of things uh, to get into with them good interview with uh with with uh kurt as uh we kind of break a lot of things down chuck green the kia studios sports radio 929 the game the odyssey.com app
Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show live on this Friday evening is game one of the NBA Finals in the books. Pretty easy victory for Denver last night. Uh, didn't seem like they were really threatened uh, all that much. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk some NBA Finals and NBA overall with our buddy Kurt Heelan. He is the lead NBA writer, managing editor at NBCSports.com. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Basketball Talk, and he's joining me here on the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Kurt, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes in Atlanta. Oh, thanks for having me on. You know, my producer and I were talking about this uh, last night, about the fact that Joker is so in control of a game. Like, when he goes stretches where he's not scoring, it's not because he doesn't want to score. It's because he's getting everybody else involved and doing some other things. It has been amazing in some of these playoff games that early on he takes a role where he's setting other guys up, getting them into the flow of a game, and then all of a sudden he comes in and turns it on for his own offense. Yeah, and I think that that's something that he wanted to avoid. They actually wanted to turn him into more of a scorer and didn't execute that very well. Um, and I think you'll see it a little more in game two. They're not wrong either. I think if you can – look, it's not easy to beat Denver. They're going to put up points. That is a very good offense. But if you can – let's say Jokic has 35 points but six assists, you have a chance. Like the Heat have a chance. They need that kind of – night if it's what we saw last night if it's you know 25 and 12 forget about it there's everybody's involved everything's going on and at that point the heat just aren't going to be able to score enough in this series to keep up with them so i think that that's weirdly kind of the plan but that is who Jokic is that's who he's been for a while he is he is really a, one of the best game managers there is right now and, and his ability to just always know where the open guy is is amazing you know, and I asked, uh, I had Eric Reed on, the uh, longtime TV play-by-play guy for the Miami Heat on, and we were talking about the idea of, you know, is it a situation where do you just let Joker get all of his points but not let everybody else score? Because, look, if he's getting 25-30 and Murray's getting 30, the Heat have no chance. I mean, if, 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 they, if yeah. it starts getting to be a point where everybody's involved offensively, Heat are going to get run out of the building in this series. It is exactly that. It's it's also. And I mean, this isn't how many how many stars who can pass well have has this been the book on? It was the book on Magic Johnson. Certainly was the book on Steve Nash for a long time, like making him a scorer, not a passer. Um, and LeBron at points, although that was a little bit different. Um, it's definitely the case with him. It, if if the whole team gets it together, and you're right, it's, Murray's going to get his, and that's part of the other problem. With this it's easy to say turn Jokic into a scorer. They're going to run that Jokic-Murray pick-and-roll, and they have the kind of chemistry in a pick-and-roll partners that you don't see much anymore because they've been together so long, doing it so long, and it's a little little Stockton-Malone-like, right? Like they've just been doing it together for so long that they have a real intuitive feel for both what's working and just reading the play and knowing what the other guy is going to do. Kurt, if we say that... Greg Popovich is the best coach in the NBA because of all of his long-term success and all the championships and things like that. Where does Eric Spolstra go? Where, where does he fit into the mix of everybody else in the coaching ranks of the NBA? I think he's the best coach in the NBA right now. I think Popovich, I mean, it's not like Popovich forgot how to coach, but he's, 
he's in a different place with that team right, right. now, although it's going to be – I think he's excited. I, funny thing is he's really enjoyed the last few years. He is an old-school coach who likes to coach. He likes to work on player development. And when you have a higher-level NBA team or even what Quinn Snyder is dealing, you know, has right now in Atlanta – yeah, you're coaching and you're developing guys and you're setting up schemes, but so much of it is also ego management and keeping people happy and, and dealing with the personality issues around any team. Um, you know, and I, Popovich was relatively lucky with that because Tim Duncan, but he still, at the end of the day, I, this is what he likes to do. And now he gets Wemba Yamba. That said, I think Spolster's a better coach just in a better place right now. I think Spolster is at the absolute top of his game, the best strategic coach in the NBA, and also maybe the best at just getting everybody to pull the rope in the same direction. Kurt Heelan joining me here on the WadeFord.com hotline, lead NBA writer for NBCBSports.com. All right, I, I, I'm, I'm fantasy booking now. I mean, I'm, I'm an Atlanta Hawks fan. I want desperately to find a way to try to get – Jalen Brown here in Atlanta and yes I know all the financial ramifications and I get all of it and the trade package and whether or not the Celtics want to move on I'll ask you in two parts a do you think that the Celtics are not going to offer him a super max type of deal and b do you think even realistically that the Celtics if if, unless they get backed in a corner they really want to trade Jalen Brown no, I don't think they want to. I, I, first off, I do think they're going to offer the Supermax, um, that they're just going to put that on the table. And this is one of those situations where I'm not you know, look, just talking to people around the league and, and connected and people around Boston. Not everybody's sure he really wants to be in Boston long term. But if they offer him the Supermax, and the, like, like I said, I, ex- I fully expect them to, He's got to take that, man. You don't. That is generational right. wealth, right? Like you can't say no to that. My guess is, especially with the looming new CBA that comes down really hard on super high spending teams, that it is something more akin to he takes it, and you and I will be having a discussion in a year or two years about Jalen Brown wanting out of Boston now. Um, but I think what that's a patient organization, and I think they're going to try to run it back in the short term. The way you get him ultimately and get him to come home to Atlanta is that he forces it, that, that, that it's what he wants. Um, if he doesn't sign that Supermax this summer, if they offer it and they, he doesn't sign it, or if they kind of lowball him, then, then, then trade talks start. I, I, his comments publicly, to me, the, the, the you know, I want to be where I'm wanted comments, I think that a lot of people read it as him wanting out. I read it as pay me. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I expect that, but if he, but if he's unhappy, you know, then he forces his way out, and he's got a lot of control because, at the end of the day, so wherever he goes, he's going to have to sign, so he has some leverage over where he goes. Well, and, and Kurt, I mean, you know, look, it's the NBA. I mean, somebody's going to offer him a super max deal, right? If if if, well, if it's if it's if it's if it's not Boston, is it's somebody not going to offer him a supermax deal? I mean, is somebody not going to offer to pay him? You know what what he feels he's worth. They can, but Boston can offer more under the right. the, the rules are set up to try to make you help you retain your right. stars, right. right? So so Boston can just offer more. It's five years. It's 
somewhere between 290 and 300 million, depending on exactly where the cap falls. Right. Um, and nobody else can offer more than four years. And I, I, I'm going to forget what that exact number is off the top of my head. Um, two. 35 or 240, whatever that number yeah, is. Yeah, I think it's two. Uh, I think it's 290 versus 240. That that's yeah, the. Di- um, I mean, it's like a 50 million dollar difference. But again, if he doesn't get it from Boston, he's going to get it somewhere. Yeah, as no, far somebody, as the, the teams would line up to hand right. him that. You're talking about a 25 year old All NBA player at a position of need. Every team in the league could use that guy, and 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 if he became available, every team, not every team, but. Well, pretty much every team would be lining up to try to find a way to make it happen, right? Um, Atlanta would be in that mix, and that's why I'm saying he would have a choice. All the teams that are star hunting right now, including the Knicks and everybody else, would come, and he would have some options about where he wants to be. Um, and I think that'd be the, that's the telling part. There are agents who have, I've talked to uh, who have said that once you get into that range, and you're talking north of $240, 250000000 million, What's I don't want to say what's the difference, but sort of what's the difference? At that point, you're talking about so much money and so much generational wealth that is fifty million dollars. This is a weird way to phrase this, but is that fifty million dollars? Is that worth not being happy? At that point, you're making so much money. Would you rather go where you want to go? Um, and for some players, that peace of mind of being in an organization they want to be with, or in a city they want to be at, or you know, whatever is driving this matters more than anything else. So, Kurt, if let's just for argument's sake say a Jalen Brown is off the table for the Atlanta Hawks, is there anybody else out there that you feel like that could be a a good trade candidate? I mean, I've seen some strange names. Like, I've seen Chris Stops, Porzingis, and I'll be honest with you, I don't want anything to do with him. I mean, uh, seven Um, foot – Seven foot three guy who stands thirty feet out from the basket. I, I don't. I don't need that for the Hawks. But is there anybody that you are intrigued by? Is maybe a trade partner uh, to to bring into Atlanta? Yeah. By the way, the Wizards are one to watch. The front office changes they made suggest that they there could be major changes there. Although that would have to really start with with Bradley Beal. And by the way. If Bradley Beal becomes available, I'm not sure that's that's your guy, right? Like an older guy who's very expensive, who's yeah, and another guard. Like that's not really the, the need. Right. Um, but there's other teams. What happens if things devolve in Philadelphia? Um, and there's, I think you're going to see a lot. More. There's a theory going around. It, 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 it's funny. I was just talking with a couple of guys last night about this it, here in Denver. There's a theory going around that because we're a year away from the new collective bargaining agreements, worst provisions or, or best, you know, most onerous, you know, kick parts kicking in, you're going to see heavy movement this year from teams that want to make additions or get out of this. And so you're going to see some, you're going to see more trades this summer than we've seen in a while and more than we probably see in a year. Just because teams are kind of like, hey, we can kind of make this move now. In a year, it's not really, it's not something we want to do. Being over that second tax apron, that kind of lead apron they've got out there, so it's going to be interesting. Um, and I, I think that's the beauty of the NBA too, John. Is we can talk about, yeah, man, maybe it's Carl Anthony Towns, and they're changing things around in 
Minnesota because they want to build around Anthony Edwards, which, by the way, wouldn't be the stupidest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something else. But you never know. There's always going to be some name where we're like, really? That guy? It just always seems to happen. Last question for you, Kurt. Is, is there a team that you think could be seller? You, you, you know, you brought up the point about getting out of, you know, getting out from underneath everything. Do you think that there's a team in mind? Are, are you eyeballing a particular team that you think that, okay, this thing isn't working for whatever reason and maybe it's time to try to start over? Minnesota's one that I think is, like, I wasn't kidding. I think Carl Towns has won a lot of teams and, and, and have their eye on. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of stuck with Rudy Gobert. That is an untradeable, I don't want to say untradeable, but. Yeah, pretty close. What you, what, pretty, pretty close, what you'd have to attach to get rid of it. But that team, between, since just you and me talking, they should be building around Anthony Edwards. Sure. Anthony Edwards is the future there, right? Like, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure that Carl Anthony Towns fits with Edwards perfectly. They're not quite on the same timeline. I, that's one a lot of teams are, are watching. Like I said, there's a lot of eyes on Philadelphia. I mentioned them, uh, depending on what James Harden does and kind of how the summer goes. I don't, I don't think they're there yet, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. If, how, how unhappy Joel Embiid be, is suddenly changes everything because then is Tyrus Maxey in play or some other guys that you might be interested I don't Again, Maxey's a guard, so it's not necessarily where I would want to go, but there are big men and forwards who could become available. And like I said, there's always one. There's always one that catches even us off guard where we're like, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, always, uh, always a very interesting offseason. I'll, I'll hand that to the NBA. It's always a very intriguing offseason. Check him out on his personal Twitter page, at Basketball Talk. He's the lead NBA writer and managing editor for NBCSports.com. And Kurt Heelan, join me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Kurt, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes. Thanks for having me on. And listen, we'll, we'll chat again here soon. I look forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Miami. I'm going to try to find some places to go out at night and see. I don't know if there are any. You know, I get in. I get in at ten. The city's pretty much closed by then, right? Yeah, and you know, there's no beaches. There's no pretty girls. I mean, so listen. I mean, yeah. you'll have nothing to do in Miami. Um, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just going to be in my room working. I, I was going to say, read a book. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> that's about what it is. So, Kurt, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Take, take care, man. You got it, John Chuckery. We'll be back. Sports Radio 93 on the game and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.